You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skider træt af alle de der podcasts og forklarer meget nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og spas med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel. Richard Spencer has been writing about it for the Times. He says President Zelensky's forces are using quite brutal tactics. Basically, they're trying to encircle the city and use as much firepower as possible to get the Russians to withdraw. This Ukrainian soldier's fighting there and is talking about how NATO shouldn't be afraid to supply more weapons because the soldiers are so determined. Those last few words, victory only. I was going to say it's impossible to imagine just how intense that city is to be in. But Richards really painted a picture of what it's like to be there. He talks about how even on the roads in, there are tanks hiding in hedgerows and cannons in the undergrowth draped in camouflage. It's the intensity of this fighting and the dedication both sides have to winning over the city. That's really why Bakhmut is so important, rather than it having any real strategic value. Richard says despite that, Zelensky might not have been wrong to focus on it. Whether by accident or genius, by turning Bakhmut into such a big symbol of this war and seeing so many Russians die there, he does seem to have triggered all the extraordinary events we've seen in Moscow and, and Russia in the last month. These Wagner mercenaries and this extraordinary character of Evgeny Prigozhin, they were given Bakhmut to take. And the number of losses that seem to be the trigger for what's been, you know, these extraordinary uh, divisions in Moscow. So it may well have been a slightly genius move. It's definitely worth giving Richard's piece a read and you can do so at thetimes.co.uk.
Now to the continued impact of Russia's actions on life outside of Ukraine. With literal death and destruction there, it's often difficult to rationalise giving headlines to other impacted areas like sport. But it all ties into this propaganda machine in Moscow. Yeah, and that's the point made today by Owen Slot, the Times' chief sports writer. In his piece headlined, Russia is already politicising the Olympics. They must be kept away. Yeah, we're just about a year out from the Paris Games now and Owen writes about the difficulties the governing bodies of each sport are having trying to decide how to handle Russian and Belarusian athletes. Yeah, some think they should be banned completely. Others are being allowed to compete on a neutral basis. So in fencing, a sport where Russia has a recent history of success, the neutrals route led to huge controversy, with Germany and Poland both refusing to let Russians compete on their turf. And in tennis, and specifically at Wimbledon, where Owen Slot has been for the last fortnight, the presence of Russians and Belarusians has been particularly controversial because last year they were banned, but the tournament was then forced to readmit them as neutrals this year by tennis's authorities. Yeah, and generally that's kind of passed off without incident. But Owen told us that hasn't changed his a bit slightly grudging view about having them compete without their nationality at the Olympics. As far as he's concerned, it's simple. By having them there, Russia can use those athletes to strengthen their reputation and therefore support for their actions, including war, within their own country. These players, on the whole, they, they seem to have made statements which are more sympathetic to Ukraine than to Russia. And, and the more I've seen of them, the more I've thought, well, the argument you, sh- you shouldn't be discriminated against because of your passport seems to make perfect sense to me. But the bottom line for me is simply that I think it's more dangerous for them to do so because I'm just not persuaded that however much we try to push the idea that there's neutrality here, I just don't think we can pretend that it's going to be a neutered reception in Russia. They're going to be celebrated as Russian successes. You can read Owen's persuasive argument along with any of the other stories you enjoy on this podcast today with a digital subscription at thetimes.co.uk. It's one of the iconic summer events of the UK, the first night of the proms, an annual spectacular of classical music lasting almost two full months and centred mainly around the world-famous Royal Albert Hall in London. And this year's edition all began on Friday night in what's now become the kind of expected fashion for any cultural event. (laughs) It is. With a protest by environmental group Just Stop Oil. So it only lasted a few seconds, two protesters, each with a banner, getting on the stage at the iconic venue before being escorted away. But it's the reaction you heard that is making headlines in the Times today. Yeah, because among the booing, there was audible applause as well. And that really hasn't been the response to Just Stop Oil's other recent protests at events around Europe. In the past year, they've managed to disrupt, and this is not by any means an exhaustive list, Premier League football matches, the Glyndebourne Opera Festival, the Ashes Test Cricket Series, Series, TV shows, horse racing events, the Tour Keep de France, going. the British Academy <laughs> Film and TV Awards. And the reaction from the revellers at all of those events, it's had a common theme, Eleanor. Anger. Yeah, exactly. Which isn't much use if you're trying to garner support for your environmental cause. So actually, this change is pretty significant. The Times chief culture writer Richard Morrison was at the event last night. There's no point in alienating people who actually probably are sympathetic to the whole cause of tackling climate change 
the way they did it last night was actually quite a clever way because they waited for one piece to finish. They did make their point. Um, they didn't alienate people that were on their side. So yes, yes, I do think they're learning how to demonstrate in a way that doesn't alienate their natural supporters. But there's another element I think was quite clever by Just Stop Oil yesterday, and that was by proving the group knows its history. Yes, because while generally they focused on historic locations with their protests in the UK, like Lord's Cricket Ground, Aintree Racecourse or Silverstone Racetrack, with the proms, they've gone to an event where protests have actually worked well in the past. Here's Richard Morrison again. There's a history of things happening at the proms going back, you know, 100 years the suffragettes disrupted things at the Albert Hall. And then in 1968, very famously, a performance by the Soviet Symphony Orchestra was disrupted because it happened on the very night that the Soviet tanks rolled into Prague. So it'll be fascinating to watch Just Stop Oil's next move. Was this proof of them wising up to a public who probably want to back their campaign, but without having their lives negatively impacted? We couldn't let today's podcast slip away without highlighting some essential investigative work done by the Times on short kings. <laughs> uh, OK, so how tall is King Charles then? What, 5'8"? OK, OK. Not literal kings. Oh, right. Basically, a short king is any man that's under... Actually, probably around 5'8", but really owns it, despite more, let's say, conventional standards, which suggest that to some, taller guys are more attractive. Short King's definitely a positive. Yeah, I did not know that phrase before uh, you told me earlier, so <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily qualify, I guess. Never mind. But maybe I have a, what, a Short King personality? Yeah, I'll leave that up to you to decide. <laughs> the term basically means we should do away with any negativity about short guys. And the Times has found that actually European countries seem to agree because they've all elected short leaders. Yeah, so maybe the term should be more like short president or prime minister, though not sure that has quite the same ring to it. No. Uh, you've got Zelensky, he's five foot seven. Mm. Uh, the UK, British prime minister, Rishi Sunak is five foot six. President Macron of France, five foot eight. All of them showing that men on the shorter side can in fact be powerful. Jack Mulvins led this vital research. He says there is one leader who bucks the trend, Joe Biden. But American leaders have always been tall. So um, they've all been either six foot or over since Jimmy Carter was beaten by Ronald Reagan. Biden is, is three inches shorter than Trump was, but compared to most world leaders, is actually quite a tall one. So from this nearly short king... And this definite short queen... <laughs> yeah, that's all we've got time for on today's World in 10. See you tomorrow. Acast anbefaler. Mit navn er Anders Morgenthaler. Over for mig sidder Roald Bergmann. Vi har lavet en ny podcast, der hedder Dopaminklubben. Og Dopaminklubben er en klub, hvor ADHD er fucking sjovt, og hvor det griner. Det behøver ikke at være super alvorligt. Vi skidesretter alle de der podcast og forklarer mig nederen der. Vi gør grin med vores ADHD. Mulig ADHD. Ja, vi udreder mig, fordi nogen siger, at jeg har det. Jeg ved det ikke rigtigt, det finder vi ud af. Vi har i hvert fald lavet vedmål. Ind og lyt til Dopaminklubben. Hver uge udkommer vi. Der laver vi sjov og med at have den her vidunderlige dopaminmangel. <tryk>